This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of the Browns Film Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, John Colosimo. With me, as always, is Jake Burns, as we're here to break down this loss again uh, in epic fashion uh, this Sunday here against uh, you know a, a team that I thought we'd do a little better against, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Jake, how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm hanging in there. You know, another, like you said, a, a, a game they probably should have won. Uh, but circumstances with the Browns are never easy, and they, they continue to be um, you know, their own worst enemy. So that's what you get sometimes when you, um, you know, when you can't, you can't get out of your own way, you're going to have these situations that, 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 that crop up where, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to put it into words sometimes, but if you if you continue to shoot yourself in the foot via penalties and missed opportunities, eventually those things catch up with you and you run a risk to lose. And that's where they're at, man. They're just I don't want to say they're not they're not ready to win. They they seem to be ready to win, but anytime something can go wrong, they they find a way. Somebody finds a way to <laughs> allow it to go wrong. Yeah, these uh, these penalties, particularly, they they don't just happen. They they happen at the worst times. It feels like you know, like every time uh, you get something going, and it's not something like where oh yeah, you go back and you look at the film, uh, or I mean, you look at that replay and you see oh well, that's why we got that big play. It's usually like some kind of peripheral penalty that didn't need to happen to uh to achieve the result of a big play that takes something away and now you're talking about like a net 25 yard loss and not a you know a 10 yard loss for holding yeah no that's it's every time i think we everybody who watches tweets about it or i mean i'm not doing anything groundbreaking um but yeah they 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 can't get out of their own way every time they get a drive going at least most of the time they had some success but for the most part they get a drive going some sort of penalty uh sends them back face mask holding something unnecessary and it uh you know it it leads to to struggles it just leads to one thing it's snowball effects for this group you know one thing leads to another and all of a sudden you see it's third and 12 and they don't have a great answer in the passing game for third and anything above about seven or eight. So, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, you know, I can't wait to get that, uh, get into that with you because uh, I want to know what you saw on some of these things because uh, there was a lot of frustrating, uh, you know, dropbacks where, you know, we're coming back and Baker gets to the back of his drop and they uh, supposedly they actually dumbed down this defense for Tampa Bay so that they can cut down on some of the mental errors that have caused uh, these huge chunks of yardage against this defense for the season. Uh, so we should have had an advantage, I think, looking at uh, a simplified defense, but it didn't seem like, you know, we had places to go with the ball. So I, I'm not sure, you know, what you saw on the replay. Obviously, we don't have all 22 yet, but uh, it was definitely frustrating to watch, particularly in the first half, maybe even three quarters. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they just don't I don't have a great feel for it. I, I talked about this last week. Um you know, it seems like on every play something's wrong. Like, and it's not a consistently the same person. It'll be one play. It'll be Desmond Harrison allows pressure to get into Mayfield's face. The next time Mayfield doesn't see the crossing route where he needs to see it. The next time the back doesn't pick up a blitz. The next time there's no separation at wide receiver. The next time a ball goes through someone's hands. It's just they're not good. Like they're not a harmonious group, um, and that is not always easily fixable. You know what I mean? Like it's not always something that's just you're able to point at and and it's it's fixable in a week or two. It's it's a new offensive system, it's a rookie quarterback, it's it, it's it's some tackles that aren't playing very well and you know, then when you do get things to everything goes right leading up to the throw and the catch, the ball gets dropped. So, um you know, it's it's a belief. It, it it is it is genuinely they have enough talent to win. It's a belief, confidence, trust thing that they just don't have right now. And I don't. I know that's not the answer people want to hear because everybody wants to hear, well, it's this guy's fault and it's that guy's fault. Well, that's not all. Right. You know, on any given play, there there's a million things that go on in a football play, and on any given play, you know, something goes wrong and. With the Browns, there's too many things that are going wrong that, that causing some issue. And yeah, they're they're shorthanded a wide receiver. There's not always a bunch of separation. The Browns scored a couple touchdowns when I thought I thought Tampa got into sort of a uh, preventive style of defense. They started to just sort of drop heavy, and when they did that, that gave the Browns um, some windows of opportunity that they were able to cut into there in the third and early fourth quarter. So. You know, I, I don't I, I hate that I don't have a great answer for it, but they're just every there's a mental or physical breakdown on on just about every single play. So um, and, and I, I shouldn't say every single play, but at least 50 percent of the plays. And when you do that in the NFL, it's not going to be you're just not going to put up a, a ton of points or be a consistently good offense. So that's just where I'm at with them. They they can't get out of their own way. That's 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 the truth of the, of the situation. No, and I agree. And and you know what? Before we get into just specifics uh, as far as uh, offense versus defense uh, and vice versa for these teams, uh, let's just get it done and out of the way. Uh, you know, I know we don't get heavy into this, and that's a purposeful thing for us to not do this. But let's just like let out a couple of things on this officiating, okay? How did you feel about the officiating today? And I'll let you go first because, you know, there were some things and I, I really, 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 I do. I try to um, look at it in the sense that this happens in many, many NFL games. Uh, but how did you feel about the officiating today? And, and 
you know, for this season. This wasn't one that I felt was tilted like really far against the Browns. I thought that they made some really weird calls for Tampa too. I I mean, NFL officiating's hard. I I get it. Um, I don't know. I I can't remember having this many issues last year. It's kind of where I'm at with it mentally. And um, it's, there's certainly some situations where it feels like the Browns are, are fighting an uphill battle, like the illegal contact call on, on on uh, Kirksey uh, uh, eliminated the Emmanuel Agba sack. The um, obviously the the missed helmet to helmet collision that was explained as the runner is allowed to be hit in the head because the quarterback's allowed to be hit in the head because he's a runner and he hadn't given up at that point. Well, that doesn't change what targeting means. So I don't right. I don't really know what you're trying to say other than you you just flat out missed it. So. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't feel like they're out to get us, but it does feel like every week, like a pivotal call that could help swing things doesn't go the, the Browns way. And it just, it's, it's pretty frustrating. I get it. I, I, I'm waiting for something like that, a big swing call to go against us. Like I thought the Baltimore, you know, the Baltimore game was pretty heinous, um, you know, last week of the Chargers was really nothing because it was over quick. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do What do you think? I, I go ahead. Well, here's what I would say. Like, I, I'm definitely not going to be someone who sits there and passes through conspiracy theories about. You know, I, there's definitely nobody that's actually trying to uh, purposely make the Browns lose. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ever say that. Uh, the one thing that I would say that I'm upset that has persisted. And this is something that uh, isn't as obvious as uh, a lot of the things that people have said. It's just, it's the holding um, at the defensive line. Uh, You know, particularly I think Miles Garrett, you know, I I think I see that quite a bit. You know, I think it was pretty brutal uh, against uh, Baltimore, but really it's just been all season. This is one thing like that. I'm not sure why, you know, teams, I think uh, they send tapes in with complaints or uh, things that they want the league to look at uh, to give them feedback and whatnot. Uh, I feel like we're, we're getting a, we're getting a lot of holding at the line on our defensive side. And I don't feel like that's improving week to week. And I'm not really sure like what that's about, because I, I feel like there's an awful lot of plays where I feel like they're hanging on miles and they like have to be on his back for them to throw a flag. And I think that that's the only one that that kind of gets me, you know, I know. Yeah. You know, there's holding you call on every play. That's not really what I'm looking at here. You know, I see him getting, you know, held quite a bit. And I just, I just don't know, like in the sense of sending that, uh, that tape every week, why we're not starting to see that kind of stuff even out. But I don't know if you're seeing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I I see Miles Garrett being held more than I maybe cue in on some of our guys holding, if that makes sense, because my eye's not looking for it like I'm looking for that, if that makes sense. I I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't think that we're being officiated that poorly in general, um, like in terms of evening out penalties type of stuff. I do think that the Browns are pretty undisciplined, and gen- like that's causing them problems because they put themselves in those – terrible situations that that allow officials to make those sorts of calls. And more often than not, 
when officials come into games that they're covering with the Browns, they, they know the reputation that they have and that reputation manifests itself each week. If that makes sense. I, I think that what, like officials know that the Browns have a propensity to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, let's kind of, you know, that's something to pay attention to. And it, it, and, and they do some boneheaded stuff too, like the third and four down on the goal line before their first touchdown by Tampa, the, uh, you know, Ogba and Collins are right over the football and jump. I, I or not, it was, um, Ogun, Larry Ogunjobi, right? They're right over the football and both of them jump. And I, I don't know. They're just on undis- It's a mixture, John. It's a mixture of undisciplined, uh, mental thought process. It's it's a mixture of unpreparedness. It's a mixture of sometimes the officials do make some ticky tacky calls, and then there are yes, there are too some calls that are blatantly bad. Missing the false start, they missed another one today. They missed the terrible one against yeah, the Chargers, did. and like missing that helmet to helmet collision, which is just it's inexcusable to miss that on a quarterback. Like if that's Aaron Rodgers or if that's Tom Brady or if that's Pat Mahomes, like. That call is getting made 100% of the time. I don't understand why that call wouldn't be made, and especially to explain it the way it's explained. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to dwell too much on officiating because it's just sort of like, what are we going to do about it at the end of the day? But, yeah. I agree. I, I, I want to get off it here right right now, but like that that one also was pretty bad. That that helmet to helmet where I actually thought that Baker got flagged for taunting. And I like I immediately made a tweet uh that said, damn it, Baker, you know, uh and then I didn't even see the helmet to helmet until they played that um until they played the replay there. And then for them to get up and then make this explanation about how it was a legal hit was uh frustrating to me. But like you said, this isn't the kind of podcast where we're going to sit there and blame the officials for every bad thing, especially for a team that we know has been badly, um, you know, it's just they've never been disciplined under Hugh for, for three years. So I'm not going to sit here and uh, and make excuses for him. But so, yeah, I mean, like, and you uh, can, I want to get you, off. You there. can, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like you can blame you can blame the players and like, I get that they have to be held accountable, but that is a bigger point to me. Like the, the, the Ogba crackback block, like in what world does he think that's acceptable? Has he been told that he can't do that? Does he understand that he can't do that? Like it was such a cheap shot. Like I just, I'm trying to figure out in what world, like that football player through his thought process is like, this is an acceptable play for me to make. And, and like the blocking in the back penalties that get called on them, that they're they are committing it's like why what what are you doing why are we doing that i i just it 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 is it is certainly player accountability there's no doubt about that but there's also like there needs to be a level of determinant that your coach does and you you know at the end of the day your coach your head coach is going to be responsible for the discipline by which your players play and that's like something you should be harping and maybe they are harping it but they can't get it right then there needs to be a different voice. Like that voice isn't getting through to them. There's nobody that, you know what I mean? Like it just eventually yep. it's a problem and it's not, if those things aren't getting fixed, then you're not getting your job done as a coach. So you can blame the players and I do too, to an extent, but at the same time you're paid, your contract is payable to get results from the guys on the football team. They can't cut 53 guys. They can cut one coach. So, you know, you, you figure it out, man. Now, there's no doubt that, you know, and I, and I know we'll come back around to this exact point, but uh, you're right. Uh, the buck has to stop somewhere. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, it's been 
it's been tough uh, for Cleveland Browns fans because I think, and this is just my theory, that uh, I mean we've had so many back to back to back poor coaching staffs that you start to I can't blame fans for thinking that it's a player issue because how could it be? Uh, how could it be coaches when you switch and and you get similar results? But uh, and we'll come back to this because I think that this is much more than just penalties. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately the buck has to stop somewhere, and uh, I think that's a head coach. But yeah, I, I mean, he's at the end of the day, the guy's responsible for everybody, and like that that is like I, I kind of always relate it to the to the president. There there are things that go on underneath you, but you're, you're responsible for your cat. You're responsible for everybody underneath you, man. And if, if you don't think Todd Haley's getting the job done, then move on from Todd Haley. You call the plays and and get the job done. Like, it's just whatever it is. I don't know. I I'm just, I'm to the point where I can't make excuses for the guy anymore. And, and I'm not trying to blame you for everything, but I think people forget that it is not, it, it is nobody's responsibility other than Hugh Jackson's to get results. So if that's not happening, that's your, it's a bottom line business, man. Like that, that is, that is the problem. So, you know, there's a, a whole contingency of people that seem to think that there's some sort of change coming soon. I don't know. It's been a weird night, Sunday night here. We're recording on Twitter where um, some people that cover the Browns are sort of getting a little weird in what they're saying. And there's some silver lining stuff happening undertones, whatever you want to call it. Silver linings wasn't the right thing to say, but, um, you know, I, it just seems weird. Some, some things aren't, yeah, there's some, some things that aren't adding up. So we're just, it'll be interesting to see how the next two, three weeks goes. And we talked about this. This is a big swing for, for Hugh Jackson. They go to Pittsburgh and then they host Kansas city and both of those games could get ugly. So, um, losing this one in Tampa was not, that was, yeah, that was not what they needed. hundred percent. You're right. Uh, so with that, how about we get into uh, the nitty gritty of the game? Uh, why don't we start with uh, the Browns' defense against the Tampa Bay offense? Uh, what do you think you saw there, Jay? I saw a, a running back I really like. Nick Chubb's going to be a good football player. He he's he has a nice knack of making some things out of nothing at times, but he also has really nice burst. Um, he's just good. He's going to be good. He's going to be steady. Uh, I think he's going to be like eventually some something like Frank Gore like he's just gonna have a really good long career being a good football player and I like him I, I'm okay with moving on from Carlos Hyde to to play him more I was impressed he had 80 yards um, I'm not entirely sure I think he had 18 carries 4.4 yard average some really weird play calls that ended up being tackled behind the line of scrimmage that I thought killed his yards per carry but still 4.4 is fine had a touchdown I liked him Baker was 23 of 34, 215, a couple scores, had a nice long run. He had 43 yards on the ground, too. Uh, I thought he played well. I thought he took care of the football other than that fumble, that just really weird fumble, man. Like, yeah, I mean, he's got to take care of that ball. There's no way about it. But that that ball, nine times out of ten, that ball goes out of bounds for a first down. Just really weird, bizarre, Brownsy-ish play. Um but I thought I thought for the most part of the game, I'll break it down closer, but I thought he got rid of the ball quickly when he needed to. Some things that went sideways. He took some sacks. Like I I I just didn't I don't I don't know. When you're watching the TV broadcast, I don't see anybody open. So um Yeah, I think I saw ahead. maybe one play. Uh sorry, but you know, I thought I saw maybe one play. It was very early on. 
uh, on a third down that uh, looked like it might have been Jarvis that was breaking open uh, on a blitz that he might have been able to hit and he might have had his uh, his eyes down. But other than that, uh, you know, we saw some decent replays. I, I agree that I just didn't see a lot of people open that he should have been hitting. I know it's frustrating. He gets to the back of his drop and he's not doing something with it. And uh, that's not usually what Baker's done really over the course of when he's been starting. But uh, I'll be interested to see the all 22 and see what he was looking at because you know, I, I was a little critical because, uh, you know, if, if they did dumb down that defense to the point where uh, their players weren't screwing some things up, then how we how weren't we able to scheme some people open? Because it just didn't seem like we schemed anybody open. Everything seemed very hard earned. Yeah, no, it, it's continued to feel that way. There's there's no running game branch off of that running game to find easy throws for the Browns. There's no stretch scheme, boot action. There's not really a ton of, of wide receiver screen action that is effective consistently. They don't have a they don't have a running back screen game they trust. They ran it once and got a block in the back. So you know, what do you what are you gonna what are you gonna do? I I just it's everything that they get, everything that they're able to do is 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 grinded. It is sort of sorry is ground out. Um and it's not easy. It's just it's just not easy for them. So until they're able to branch some easy play action stuff, all they run right now, they're heavy crosser trying to confuse defenses and coverage. And uh, a couple times they take some shots. So, you know, what it's I, – I don't have a great answer for it, man. I, I don't know. I don't, we want them to scheme some things open easily, but the way they're structured, uh, the, the way that they used to do it at um, – you know, in Pittsburgh was they were just really good in the wide receiver and running back screen game. And that kept defenses uh, out of pin back situations and kept defensive linemen away from bull rushing upfield. And they found a lot of success that way. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I don't I don't see that happening. They're just not good at it. So right now it's it's going to feel really tough um, for them to scheme people open all the time. So, you know, they just got to find matchups they like, but they don't have a ton of guys who are just great matchup guys, if that makes sense. So. No, it does. I mean, you know, hell, uh, one of the, uh, good matchup guys that we have really, you know, is Callaway and uh, there's no trust factor there. So, you know, there's been a, a ton of times where the guy can, you know, that's a guy that can get open and you don't necessarily have to scheme him open. Uh, but can you trust him to make the play? And, and oftentimes we found that the case to be that you can't. And so I, I, I know that that's been frustrating. I have seen them use um, in Joku more, which I've been very happy with. I know he had the one drop on third down that was frustrating early in the game, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure that he made a mistake uh, after that drop. Did you see that? No, no, I did. I didn't see that. I mean, it's it. It. I. I I'm not sure what the future will be. Um. In in terms of what this offensive structure is going to look like, or if we're going to see a change. I'm sorry, I'm kind of changing the subject, but like, I just I don't I don't know if we're going to see anything different than what we're seeing right now. Um, if we're going to see a bunch of things schemed open or anything of that nature, and Callaway. If they want him to be a big part of this thing, they have to find a way to get him to take shots downfield. And 
they they haven't really found a ton of those one on one opportunities lately, because I don't think they trust their tackles, John. I don't think they they want to run more of that stuff, but they can't they can't do a shot downfield to Callaway unless it's only two men out and they max protect it. So um, yeah. to, in order to get him out deep, they they only run two players. It's going to be covered by oftentimes he's going to be double covered at least by a corner and a trailing safety. So I don't know. I, I, I just think that they're going to have to be grinded out type of wins. If they're going to win, they're going to have to be that 24, 21, 21, 18 type scores. So um, it's not, it's not an explosive offense. It's a very below average NFL offense and the stats sort of bear that out. That's a really good point by you. And, uh, the, I think this is a good game to point this out because we've had some tough matchups, uh, some good players that we've been against, uh, that you might maybe not know necessarily what we've got out of these tackles. But I think, I think this was a, uh, very much, uh, show your cards type game in the fact that, uh, it's just not a team that pass rushes well. And uh, they had their top two pass rushers in terms of pressures out. And yet our tackles are still getting beat. Uh, you know, and I know Jason Pierre Paul is a good player. That's a, that's a guy that's a good player, but you know, flat out, you know, we're seeing this uh, and they don't have the time, you know, like you pointed out, they, they don't have the time to uh, do these uh, long routes without, uh, doing two man routes from max protect. And that's just not a good situation. Uh, that plays right into the defense. I think uh, as far as just covering two guys. Yeah, sure. Most defense can cover two guys. They really can in the secondary. So yeah, I think it was frustrating to watch. And I think that we have to really be concerned at this point about what we have at the tackles. And, you know, on one side, you've got undrafted free agent, uh, Desmond Harrison, who's been struggling. And we know that, uh, on the other side, we have, you know, uh, you know, a guy who in Chris Hubbard, we thought was a pretty good pickup. I, I mean, I thought he was a pretty good pickup and it doesn't seem like he's finding his footing, you know, so he's I'm inconsistent. a lot of what they're doing is they're finding ways to the way you play the Browns from a pass rush standpoint is you bull rush the interior, maintain gap integrity and speed rush the outside guy. So get outside, make Mayfield step up into your interior bull rush, and that causes problems. Um, and, and they're teaching guys to, uh, you know, upfield and spin. Once you cross Mayfield's face, spin back inside, and have got a sack that way. But they're bull rushing so well, the Browns' tackles retreat at such a ridiculous rate, they don't deliver while retreating and it just causes Mayfield to have to step up. And then when the interior guys are getting bull rushed, you're sometimes going to step up into somebody in the interior who's beat. And that's uh, you know, that's a problem. That's it's, it's, it's a formula that teams are using right now to give Mayfield some headaches. There's not many wide open throwing lanes where the sort of the, the defensive line fans out pursuing or exchanging lanes or anything. So it's giving them headaches in terms of allowing Mayfield to sit in and throw. It's making him feel like he has to move off of his spot. When he moves off of his spot, then uh, you know, then it's 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 hit or miss in terms of somebody making a move, beating Zeitler, Treader, Batonio, and um, you know, or a tackle swimming back inside, and you're you're beat. Those tackles, Hubbard and Harrison, don't handle secondary moves very well, so. You know, he's fighting, he's fighting his own 
fear in the pocket. He certainly, you can tell Mayfield does not feel comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, I think that this was probably the first game that you really started to worry about that because he definitely is not trusting uh, his uh, his tackles, and I think it's affecting some of the things that you see down uh, down the field. Uh, I, I will give some credits uh, to you know Landry Landry at least in the second half for sure uh, made some outstanding individual efforts to, to give this team some hope as well as Mayfield. I mean, you know, he's, he slipped some tackles to make some of these throws, but uh, it was nice to see Landry really making some individual efforts to, uh, to make some things happen. Yeah. I mean, the the second half connection between Landry and uh, Mayfield was pretty promising to see a couple big throws between the two of them. And uh, that, that diving touchdown catch down the middle, off of that, I think it was just off run action post. Uh, um, was I mean, it's good. It's good to see. I mean, Landry had what ten catches, ninety seven yards, something along those lines. So, yeah, they got him the ball yep. in some in some good areas. Uh, I certainly, like I said, thought they took advantage of some soft Tampa Bay coverage in the second late late part of the third quarter into the early fourth quarter that got him back into the game. So, um. Yeah, I, I need to really break it down, to be honest, to see what was working more there. That's just kind of my first view hunch. I've broken down the first half in terms of pulling clips like I do, but you know, the All-22 tells a story, and we'll see what they were doing there and why they were more effective uh, there than they were you know, um, um, in that situation than they were the rest of the game. Because after that second touchdown um, that Mayfield threw to uh, – excuse me, sorry – after Mayfield's touchdown to Landry that tied the game, it uh it, it certainly felt like they they hit a stagnation point again and they couldn't get anything going late and then they had to punt a couple times in overtime too. So it just it felt like Tampa Bay sort of tightened coverage and and stopped playing in a sort of passive state and got back into Browns receivers. And when teams are getting into Browns receivers, athlete for athlete, that's a headache right now for that group. Yeah, it's bad news for us. Obviously, we've had some injuries. Uh, we're down to. You know, like I've said before, I've what wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not a good area for us as far as the talent that we're putting out there. So, um, yeah, uh, I agree with you there. So, how about we jump into the uh, the Tampa Bay uh, offense against this defense? Which, uh, you know, personally, just to lead you off here, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job individually. Um, to hold this team even to 23 points in regulation here. Uh, it's a very good offense. Uh, they had a, uh, they have a fantastic receiver group that includes the tight ends. And uh, yeah, they actually even employed something that we called here right on this show. <laughs> and uh, I think to pretty good effect here to hold Evans uh, under what he would normally do. So you want to talk about what you saw on that end. Yeah, I thought that that change made logical sense for the Browns to to sort of keep two positions solid. I thought uh, Body Calhoun played well in the back half. He had 10 tackles, I think, and Demarius had 12, um, uh, 12 tackles as well. And I, yeah, I mean, it just I think Evans still went for 100 yards, but it was the you know a 32 for 52 evening. I thought he played pretty well, keeping Mike in front of him. Didn't allow any crippling plays. Um, that's a tough task. That body type is a body type that 
uh, Denzel Ward struggles with. So it was nice to see Randall handle him a good majority of the time. And yeah, it was good. I thought Kirksey played fine in the middle of the defense. Uh, Peppers was okay. I thought he did some things. Emmanuel Ogba might have had his best day as a pro off the edge. Should have had two and a half sacks instead of one and a half. But one got nullified. TJ Carey had a nice punch out ball. Uh, for the most part, I thought the group played well. Miles had two sacks. They they played well enough on defense to win the game. I mean, little head you know head scratching penalties here and there that caused some drives to be extended. They didn't contain Jameis very well running around back there. I thought that. Once the Browns' defensive ends get upfield, they just kind of keep going. They just go by. They don't ever put their foot in the ground, at least that often, put their foot in the ground and come back underneath and make plays after they've gone by. And Jameis did a nice job of like noticing, man, once these guys are upfield past me, I can escape left or right and make plays outside the pocket. And a couple times he made throw enough to win that game. They should have won that game. They created four turnovers. The Browns are... Um, one of the few teams I've seen the statistic that the Browns are one of the few teams since 2016 to win uh, when they win the turnover battle in a game, they're three, four and one. So, um, you know, they, there's not a ton of data there because last year's um, was so bad in the turnover battle stuff. But this year is where a lot of that data is coming from because they won the turnover battle several times. And when they went, they won the turnover battle, they're not winning games. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. They should have. They should have won this game. Defense played well enough to win it, and they, uh, you know, they just they just didn't get it done. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very frustrating thing for me. You know, I, I pointed out that uh, you know a big part of why uh, people predicted a big turnaround for this Browns team was that uh, they had a historically bad turnover ratio last year. And a lot of that had to do with red zone turnovers as well. You know, so it wasn't even just last year that it was uh, turnovers. It was, we were turning the ball over and directly, uh, you know, throwing away points. And here we are seven games in, and we lead the NFL in turnover ratio. I know that we were tied to come in. I, I don't think that uh, we're in danger of uh, falling out of that place coming out four to one today. Um, you know, these games historically, that, that's one of the best markers for winning games is the turnover margin. And uh, there's, you can see in the drives that the Browns had, we have tens of drives more than our opponents this year. And we're just not doing anything with them. It's very frustrating uh, to see. Uh, and like you said, again, we're plus three on a turnover margin. We lost the game in overtime, and uh, it's it's ex- yeah. That's that's with that's with a you know you're down on the one yard line and you run a you know a sneak and you don't get it, and that's with that that into the first half drive that you. Um, you know, you, you, you fumble out of bounds and don't get that too. So those two drives loom heavy in the, in the whole structure of all of that. So yeah, they, they should have, they just, just a game. They should have won. They, they, there's no excuse for not winning that game. I thought they played a cleaner game, which, you know, there were, there were, there were penalties on both sides. I don't have the official penalty numbers, but there were plethora of penalties on both sides. So it was of an ugly game. The Browns played a cleaner game in terms of taking care of the football for the most part. So you know, the Peppers fumble sucked, but 
it it's at that point it's a it's a flip of the coin you know at yeah. that point in the game and the break goes their way and it doesn't go the Browns way but they should have won that game in regulation and you, people will talk about the QB sneak on the one yard line I gotta watch it again I haven't gotten there in review I don't mind the call you're on the one yard line it's just they didn't get any push whatsoever and Mayfield is completely new to sneaking the ball in general and he's not a quarterback that's long by any stretch so that's not something that is ever come natural to him and plus they were down there they had a couple plays that they did, just didn't run they just didn't run they didn't run Nick Chubb so in that situation I'm probably giving it to Nick um but I don't I don't blame I just don't blame them for trying a sneak down there it just didn't it didn't work out it didn't go the Browns way and all of a sudden you know they did get the ball back and end up scoring a couple plays later but that you know, those points loom heavy when you look back on a game and not taking three points, um, you know, on that fourth and two before the end of the first half. And yeah, that's where you're at, buddy. Yeah. And like, you know, just to look at like some of these team stats, you got a, uh, you got a game where you were plus three on the turnover margin uh, and you're facing one of the worst defenses in the NFL and uh, they doubled you up on first downs. 17 to 34. They doubled you up on a, you know, on a game where you had three more possessions. Actually, I don't have those possession numbers, but I know that, you know, you turn it over three times, uh, you know, or you turn it over on them. So uh, it is frustrating to see these, uh, these numbers when you look at the team stats. Uh, I thought that we would this second week in a row that I thought you know, and I understand like the chargers, they were gelling and there's reasons to believe that, uh, you know, they have good players on that defense and you can see on film how they were getting that done. And we don't have the all 22 yet, but it's hard to understand how, uh, how you only get 17 first downs when you were plus three on turnover ratio for an entire game, actually almost a game plus a quarter. Um, with the players that this this team has so it's frustrating yeah frustrating and 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 um yeah team could be six and one you know that's not it's not far-fetched but they're not their their records two four and one man so uh they got they got things that they need to figure out from a cohesion standpoint things to figure out from a accountability standpoint and uh and if they don't do it quick it could be a could be some 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 brief or sorry some some rapid changes that happen in Berea so keep your eye on that yeah no I think you've done a good job calling out uh ahead of time before this happened what's coming ahead here all right you got the Steelers you got Pat Mahomes uh you know things could get you know you think this looked bad okay you know what the Steelers or 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 the Kansas City Chiefs could do to this team you might walk away from Sunday feeling an awful lot worse than you did today. Uh, and that's right around the corner. here. Yeah, man, it's, it's going to get dicey and it could get, it, it could get dicey. It could get dicey quick. You, you win at Pittsburgh, you solve a lot of your issues and you feel really good about yourself, but if they don't and things sort of keep piling up, like they're piling right now, it's trending toward a, um, different looking Browns second half of the football season. We'll put it that way. No, it sure is, Jake. All right. Well, you know, not to, you know, be all negative here, but uh, it was definitely a uh, a rough Sunday here. You know, another one of those cardiac Sundays where, 
you know, you think that you're in it, you find some amazing way to lose where you uh, get to overtime by having them miss a 40 yard field goal, but then have them win by a 60 yard field goal, almost 59. But, you know, uh, I was I was almost laughing as it went through. Yeah, I just I knew I I, I was laughing. I had no doubt that that one was going to be the one that fell. So, all right, man, we're on to Pittsburgh. Let's try to let's try to see if they can figure it out. I don't I don't know. Yeah, let's you know, let's uh, take a couple of days off, Jake. Uh, let's figure out a way to, you know, uh, take a look at the Steelers and find some cracks. Uh, you know, I think that when we looked at this game, we actually found some good things and the Browns actually did them. So that's encouraging, you know, it's just on defense. So we'll have to figure some things out on offense, I think, and and hope that Todd Haley sees it too. I'm not too encouraged by uh, Hugh Jackson saying in his press game conference that he's about to uh, get a little more involved in the offense. I don't know how that's going to go from an internal standpoint and uh, and on Sunday standpoint. But uh, for you, for you and me, uh, we can point some things out, and uh, hopefully they pick those up and and. Maybe we do a little better than we're thinking here on this Sunday on a little bit of a depressing loss here. Uh, I'm hoping we feel a little better here on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling for the Browns to ever lose or struggle or anything by that means. So hopefully we see a group that rallies in Pittsburgh and, you know, can, can take advantage of uh, sneaking in there undetected or something along those lines. We're, we're just going to have to see. Let's go for that. Uh, all right. So, Jake, uh, I'm sorry to be having this show uh, on this type of mood, but a couple days off, a good day of sleep. Uh, I think we'll come back in a better mood and we'll put our best foot forward uh, headed into this Pittsburgh game. Yeah, man, I dig it. Let's uh, let's let's hope for the best. That's all we can do. All right, Jake. Well, I'm going to sign off for the night. Um, you know, you can find me always on Twitter at Jake Cosmo. Uh, you know, here uh, every Sunday and Wednesday night. And, and Jake, where can they find you? Yeah, at Jake Burns, um, or sorry, at Jake underscore Burns 18. And then, um, you know, uh, at Browns Film BDN. That's where you can find all of the uh, good content that's on Twitter. All right, Jake. Well, you know, we're still going to sign out the same way. Go fucking Brownies. Uh, let's do something better next week. Yes, sir, my man. Hopefully they bounce back.